Children the Podcast, hosted by Dustin and Callie. Follow us on social media, on Twitter, at Married underscore Show, Facebook, Married with Children Show, on Instagram, Married with Children Show, or reach out to us in an email, MarriedWithChildrenShow at gmail.com. We're always looking for guests and sponsors. If you have a name of a guest that would be an interesting interview on the Married with Children Show, please send that information to us through social media or straight to our email address. Also, if you have a small business that you'd be interested in being a sponsor on the show, please reach out to us through an email so that we can work out a way that best suits you and our listeners. Also, if you like the podcast, be willing to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Welcome back to Married with Children, the podcast. Uh, Callie and I are here in studio and uh, have a guest uh, joining us by phone tonight. Um, I'm extremely excited to get to talk to him. Uh, and some of you may have already seen him. Um, he had a a kind of viral video, I guess, of him doing some stand-up here in the last week that's probably up to 3 million views now. I'll, I'll ask him. I know it was 2.5 last week. But uh, we have a comedian. Corey Michaelis with us, and Corey, uh, welcome to the show. Yeah, happy to be talking to you guys. I'm glad to be on. It's great. Thank you for having me. And uh, I guess the first thing I'll ask is, how many views are is this video at? Uh, three point eight last time. <laughs> oh I saw. my gosh, that's <laughs> awesome! And I love that. When uh, I, they're all, they're I all probably ten views. I love when I, I messaged you last week. I just said, I hope that you you haven't hit such big time to not come on. And you said, uh, you said, oh, your podcast doesn't have millions of listeners. And I said, not quite yet. We're uh, we're working that way. Getting there, getting there. That's great. Yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, I'm happy to be on anything like this. Uh, you know, um, in general, but um, with you know fun stuff happening, that's when we want to be on on. Uh, podcasts and tv shows and radio shows and anything that they'll that'll have us and let me ask you this to kind of go all the way back what got you into comedy where does that that love and that drive and passion come from well i um was interested in in comedic things i'd say i was a really big fan of seinfeld the tv show and his stand-up and um Mitch Hedberg, I was a big fan of him. He's a Seattle, former Seattle comic who passed away, but great joke writer and uh, delivery. And I just got, I kind of just was interested. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was involved in Young Life, which is kind of like, kind of like a, a youth outreach program that has a lot of comedic elements to it. And as a, a le- like a, I was like a um, counselor, basically, uh, I was doing a lot of those comedic characters um and then i was also doing like it's a christian outreach thing so i was doing talks and i would make them funny and i just thought oh, it's kind of cool I, i've never i didn't realize i had this ability or interest <laughs> or you know whatever uh but then i just taught for well and then i lived in new york for a minute and in new york city i went to all the comedy clubs especially the comedy cellar 
multiple times and just was very enamored and intrigued by the whole thing. But again, I just taught high school for about eight, you know, six, seven years. And then me and a buddy who was a, also a teacher thought, we're funny in the classroom. Let's see if we can um, <laughs> buy comedy. And the idea in my late 20s and his early 30s of just like showing up at an open mic and doing three minutes seemed scary and inefficient to us. You know, we were just kind of, that doesn't make sense to me. Um, so we found a workshop. We found a class. Oh, a wow. comedy class. And um, I thought I was going to do it one time, and now uh, it's my, my career. And I also teach a comedy class six times a year myself for first-timers. Um, and uh, just, yeah, this is, now I was four years ago uh, married, teaching high school, and kind of a com comedy hobbyist, and now I'm divorced and not teaching and full-time comedian. <laughs> so so not the traditional path that most uh, comedians take to get there. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, probably <laughs> no, probably not. Um, but uh, I mean, most comedians I know keep their day jobs or some form of a day job for a very, very long time, much longer than people probably would think. Mm -hmm. um, but you're right. I, I, you know, I didn't, uh, a lot of folks who, who currently do comedy got started probably a few years earlier than me, mid to early twenties, I would guess. Um, and, uh, you know, probably live in a city like in Seattle proper or Denver or, Minneapolis or Austin or whatever, or maybe even New York or LA and Portland. Um, and then, uh, you know, pretty quickly move to one of those bigger cities, Chicago, New York, LA, and then, and then, you know, struggle and struggle and struggle. And I had the advantage of, uh, you know, kind of being, a having a full-time job and a career and savings and a home and living in the suburbs. And so that was all an advantage. The disadvantage is not a lot of stage time. So it, it took a lot of, you know, creativity to get on stage. Um, so I just started trying to get paid work as soon as I possibly could. Mm -hmm. And uh, I kind of did. I mean, not well paid work, but I, but it'll, paid work is usually longer time, so I would have more time on stage, and and instead of at, you know three to five minute increments at open mics, I was. Can I swear? Is that okay? Is this a thing that you guys do? You're or no? okay. Okay, and <laughs> and a so I would go on the road and do 25 minutes or something at a some crummy gig and make a little bit of a shit sandwich. You know, I'd open with good stuff and put the new stuff in the middle and close with good stuff. And nobody was usually the wiser and, uh, you know, kind of good advice for open micing anyway. But, uh, yeah, anyway. Now let me ask you this, because uh, obviously both my wife and I are in education, and a lot of our listeners know that. Um, I'm actually a high school principal, and my wife's a high school math teacher. So what did you... Oh, wow, okay, what what did you what did you teach in high school? I taught world history uh, essentially exclusively, except that when I first got started, we had a senior project in our school, and so I would teach that class. And then 
towards the end. Um, I'm not sure. I know this class is around the country and around the world, really, but it's called AVID, Advancement via Individual Determination, and it's like uh, like that movie Freedom Riders, you know? Okay. Oh, kids okay. That are, they're in the middle uh, in terms of their uh, grades over the course of whatever, elementary school or middle school maybe, but they are probably going to be the first in their family to go to college, might be a student of color, might be a student with some economic struggles, or might have a a special circumstance at home and then I kept them all four years in my class for one period a day and helped them be good high school students and then uh, get to college. That's very cool. Oh, that is cool. Yeah, I was an old world history teacher as well. (laughs) Okay, yeah. There you go. So... I loved it. Oh, I, 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 I miss the classroom now that I'm in administration as well. It, it, you miss the interaction with the kids on a daily basis. Yeah, um, I still substitute teach, uh, partly because I like to eat food, um, but also <laughs> partly because uh, I, uh, yeah, I want to maintain a connection. The school I taught at was the school I went to. So from 1994 to 2014, uh, I was there every day of my, you know, of every school day, basically. And, uh, you know, a little break in college there. But again, I was leading Young Life, which was at that high school. So uh, I was there all the time. You really yeah. never left. Very cool. So I never left. And so when I, so resigning was a big deal, um, not just uh, in terms of finances and, and uh, the risk and all that jazz, but also... I was given up a place I'd, you know, come to be really close to. And so, and I had to um, stop halfway through a group of those avid kiddos. So, um, usually I would have, you know, the performers. So they graduated last year. And anyhow, so it was a big deal. And so I like to still, I sub in all the high schools in our city, but I like to go back to that school and be a part of, uh, you know, a lot of, like for example, they have a huge food drive every year where they raise um, twenty five thousand dollars and eighty thousand items for local uh, families, and it's pretty darn cool. And so I I dub for the teacher who has to be out during that week to do all the work uh, of the of the shopping and and delivering of the food. Um, and I, so I still get to be a part of the food drive every year, which is kind of neat. So. That's Very awesome. Cool. Yeah, stuff like stuff like that. Great. And uh, anyway, yeah, it's uh, it was cool. It was just it wasn't quite right. It was close to being right for me teaching. So now I still teach. I'm a, you know I'm a pretty good teacher, so teaching the comedy class works out pretty well. Oh and yeah, that well that ought to help. <laughs> yep. So good to be engaged and involved with the kids as a substitute, which is so much easier because I'm not trying to make a difference <laughs> anymore. You know, I'm just trying to get through the day and it's really easy to sub when you're a former a former teacher um well and everything's already made out for you so you don't have to do any of the like pre-planning you literally just walk in and they tell you here have the kids do this this and this and you know that's you, right and, <laughs> and then you're gone tomorrow so <laughs> you're good you don't have to plan anything for the next day so yep i only have to be charming and interesting and funny for one hour uh uh per class right <laughs> and right. then and then the next so if i do like multiple days in a row in a class it's like uh, it's like oh shit they aren't gonna 
They're like, oh, we've heard all this. This is not funny. (laughs) So do they know that you're a comedian? Like if you are subbing, I mean, do any of the kids be like, I mean, because I would think that, I mean, a a lot of the kids, I would think if they knew you were a comedian, like they wouldn't want to do their work. They'd probably just want you to tell jokes all day or all period. Yeah. Well, so they, um, they find out it's not that hard to find out what I do, partly because I start every substitute teaching day with a, um, I do about six or seven minutes of a bit that I've created in order to awesome. get their attention and get them interested. And then also it connects to um, the things that they traditionally like to. Um, so, so classroom of students, when a sub walks in the room or is in the room already, they like the idea of, okay, we're going to do things like try to try to convince this person that we uh, that this isn't how we normally do things, <laughs> yeah. that yes. something about what they're trying to do is wrong and that they they need to just let us not do work or, or figure, you know, whatever. And so they also like to make fun of, laugh and make fun of kids' names, which one of my videos actually does that. Misspellings. Uh, that, and I, I love that you even yeah. titled it on the new album, Misspellings, because it's yeah. it's perfect. Yeah, yeah. So, yep, on the, yep, that's right. The track is Miss, so I, it's Mr. Michaelis and then Misspellings. And, and so, but ultimately the premise of that joke, it's, maybe this is just me trying to get out of making fun of kids, but ultimately the premise of the joke is, I don't, I think it's great that you have a unique name. I just don't think you get to be mad at people that don't know. <laughs> I agree. That's fair enough. <laughs> like the unique name isn't the issue because I know a lot of people, uh, you know, they don't they don't like the idea of like because a lot of unique names are traditionally not the type that uh, the demographic of person from your area. So mm-hmm. Pacific Northwest, if you have a unique name, that's probably because you're a person of color. Uh, or of a religion that's unique or different to the area or something like that. And so people get a little bit uptight about that. And as a pretty progressive history teacher, I'm like, no, I agree. I think that's silly. Don't. There's more Mohammeds in the world than there are Chris's. But, you know, in our area, there's Chris's. And so someone might not know how to pronounce Mohammed properly or you know, whatever. So that's fine. Now it's your job to correct us. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's. Whatever. Anyway, I love so, the one on your track though when you're when you're talking about rows and I taught in an right. inner, inner city school my first year of teaching and um, I had a young lady and, and I can't think of her name right now but the way she pronounced it the letters the way it was spelled did not make those sounds and I before I even thought I just looked at her and said your name's misspelled and she laughed yeah, right, and she right. goes. I've heard that several times. She goes, I don't know what my mom was thinking, but she goes, this is what she calls me, and this is what's on my birth certificate. <laughs> and I said, so, well, you, you got to change exactly. one or the other. Exactly. Good for her to be like, well, that's the way it is, and I'm confident in it, and I'm, you know, I'm cool, you know what I mean? Like, I'm cool with it. And, uh, it, you know, anyway, so... Uh, anyway, so students as a sub love to do that. They love to, they love it when the teacher makes a substitute teacher makes a mistake with someone's name, and then they laugh at that kid and point and whatever. And so I actually do that bit as a part of my, um, as a part of my beginning introduction of myself to the kids. And so it's all designed to 
take care of some of the issues. And then also, to, they, I have control of the room, and they're like, okay, this guy knows what the hell he's doing. Like, this is not some senile sub. This is a guy that's taught before, and he's making us laugh. And so then they become kind of putty in my hands a little bit in the sense that they just, they're like, all right, we'll do what you want us to do. Right, right. Uh, you've gained our you've gained our respect, and you know, or whatever. So, do you think that um, that background of teaching, yeah, helped you? You know, when you started doing stand up, because we've all been in that class that you walk in and they're just disinterested, they're not in it today, and you have to try and pull them along. So, do you think that that experience helped you? You know, with your stand up. Yeah, for sure. Um, in a lot of ways, uh, that way you just described for sure. Also, I think that um, I, you know, there's there's a certain amount of command and a way to there's a way to speak and a cadence in stand-up that is not that dissimilar to trying to speak to a group of students. Um, and then also distractions and how to deal with distractions and and not be frustrated and not go off the rails. Um, because hecklers are not all that common, really. Um, and for the vast majority of people that quote-unquote heckle are, are being supportive or enjoying themselves, um, it's pretty rare to have someone not enjoying themselves and yell something out. Um, even someone who tries to be funny and, like, make fun of you from the, from the audience is usually kind of enjoying themselves and and um so you know sometimes comics go too hard on hecklers. they hecklers suck i won't that's i'm not there's no no bones about that but uh uh sometimes uh, uh comedians go too hard at them and so as a teacher i was able to just be like ignore like i was really good at ignoring and usually that takes care of it and then just doing, you know, asking a pointed question at someone who speaks. Usually they don't want to respond. Uh, <laughs> you know, proxim we use proximity in teaching, just kind of wandering over to nearby the student who might be speaking. So on stage, sometimes I'll use proximity and move towards a group of people that are, you know, talking. And that'll have them, that'll make them look up and stop oftentimes. So, um, yeah. I love I just love uh, that I just love that you use that word. I mean, I think that that's great. That's just I mean, definitely like a teacher term, I feel. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so I do I think that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Uh so yeah, it it there's no doubt and I'm a mumbler uh by uh birth, I don't know, but I mumble quite a bit. So I have to be very careful to not mumble. Um and it took it took some time in comedy to get better at that. It certainly took some time in teaching as well, but it's so much more important even in comedy than it is in teaching because every syllable is so important. Um, and, you know, we, we, as comedians, if you're really good, you think about every syllable, not just every word. Um, and uh, so if you miss, if, it's, if an audience misses, a word or, or a syllable of a word and doesn't get your it's you know your jokes sometimes gonna be dead in the water for that for those people that missed it so anyway so a lot of speaking that you know one of the biggest 
pieces of advice for anybody interested in comedy is just get up, get on stage, get on stage, get on stage. Do it over and over and over and over again. Let me ask you this as, as uh, you know, how often are you writing? How, where's your inspiration come from material? I know you said you like to go out and, you know, do some good stuff, new stuff in the middle, some other stuff, but what are you, you know, how often are you writing new material? Yeah. So, um, I wouldn't say I should be writing daily. Um, in the summer, I think that I, I well, I, I intend to in the summer during the school year. Um, stubbing isn't as, con- as conducive to writing as it is conducive to, like, emailing a booker or, you know, working on a show poster or responding to you guys, that kind of thing. Those are really easy to do while teaching or substitute teaching. You know, actually busting out the notebook and trying to write jokes or bits is not super conducive. So that's partly an excuse and partly, well, I still got to substitute teach to afford to live life. So until that's gone, you know, whatever. But, um, but like lately I've been focused a lot on marketing and advertising all these things that are happening. And it's like, ugh, I got, I need new jokes. I got to get new bits because I got an album out. I got a comedy special out. That's like almost all of my material. <laughs> and people are going to start coming to see me to see me, not just to see whoever's there. Um, right. at least a few and they're not going to want to hear exactly what they just purchased right. on the album. So I have, uh, a bit of a cushion between when I recorded it and when it's releasing and that's, so that's helpful. So I've been able to write some new material, but, um, anyhow, short, short story longer. I, uh, you know, on a weekly basis, you're, you're trying to, I'm trying to come up with a new bit, um, and work on it each week that I go up. And, um, you know, that could become, you know, it's, it, it takes lot, it takes way longer to get it to be good. And it's never finished. There's never, mm-hmm. I got the album out and there's, well, I do jokes differently today than they even were done on the album. And I'll think of a new thing next week that, um, you know, for one of the jokes that I wish I would have done or would want to do because they're just never finished. And eventually we'll, I'll retire them and probably never do them again or only do them if I'm in a real, you know, tough bind or if I'm, you know, have to do an hour squeaky clean, then it might be like, well, I got to do that bit because that's just the only way. So, yeah. But inspiration-wise, I have Evernote on my phone, and so anytime I think of something, I'll write it down. Um, I think one of the angles that I'm going to go with next were a lot of, or the premise essentially will be how naive I was growing up and as a young young man and the juxtaposition of that now and who I am now and what I do now, I think that'll be the next sort of, just sort of thematically, that'll be the next hour of material. This current hour of material is um, similar, but married my high school sweetheart, dating, teacher. That's kind of, if you could really sum it up, it would be that. And uh, so I wrote, that I'm, you know, I wrote naive in my notebook or in my notes. When I started working on it, I remembered a story of like when I was like 15, my five-year-old cousin, she was like talking to her parents and saying like, I know what you guys were doing last night in your bedroom. Oh my God. And I was 15, like going, 
what were they doing? <laughs> <laughs> and the ultimate truth of the story is that they were kind of, I could tell they were kind of uncomfortable. I was old, I was, I was old enough to know that the parents were uncomfortable, but I didn't know why. And then she eventually, the little girl goes, you guys were jumping in your bed, weren't they? Weren't you? <laughs> and uh, so they, I could see the relief, their relief. And so, uh, so I don't know what the bit will be, but as a premise that I'm a naive person to the point that I'm 10 years from, for a minute, I thought I was 10 years different. Like, like in hindsight, we were at the same level. Yes. <laughs> I was like, yeah, 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 jumping on their beds. That makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, you just connected all the dots. I'm good now. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't until I was like 18, 19 that I was like, oh, they were banging. (laughs) Oh, I see. Oh, that means my parents were too. No. (laughs) So like, I don't know if the joke will be or how it'll be done as a joke or a bit, but that I think that thematically I think will be what I do. And then the, the teaching stuff, it will be currently just to have enough time. I say that I'm a teacher and then I do a thing where I say that I lied and I quit teaching and I do kind of a little joke about it. But going forward, I I think that it'll be, I used to be a teacher. Uh, I've had, I've been given that advice multiple times to stop saying that I'm a teacher and say that I used to be because as an audience, you want them to get the impression that we're watching a comedian now, not somebody with a day job. Yeah. Moonlighting and, and uh, I've never felt that hesitancy from an audience to laugh or, or trust me or, or uh, partly because I don't know it until you know, through my set. So I think I've already got them. And then I say it and they're like, oh, that's really interesting. But from that, from going forward, I'll, if I do teacher material, it'll probably be former. I used to be and. I might even say I used to substitute teach, even though I currently do. Um, we'll have to, I'll have to figure that one out. Or I might say I do, you know, once a week I still do to stay close to the kid. There's not, you know, some sort of version of I'm a comedian now. But, um, and then have those stories because the, the substitute teacher perspective is a little bit different than um, teacher. I do all these things on Facebook where I say substitute teaching day 79. I read one of them and it was I, awesome. I love that. <laughs> Yeah. I think that could be a little book or something. I don't know. We'll see what that turns into. But some of it's not conducive to the stage, but it's very funny to, to read. It's very funny to put on. They do very well on on, on Facebook. So well, and to... some of it is, is so much funnier. Like, And that's like I said when I reached out to you. My wife and I were, you know, as as we've watched some of your videos that have come out, you know, online. And that's honestly, I, I found you through Facebook. And, you know, right. it was we're side splitting not just because of your material which is excellent all of it but your connection to education too some of that stuff is just funny that, that maybe somebody else wouldn't laugh as hard at but we've been in those same situations right i i mean i think per, like right. like you said personally i mean because of education and us being in education i thought some of it was funny i mean maybe because we've been there in some of those situations or could totally see some of that happening you know or or whatever because because of being in the education world so um so we right. enjoyed we enjoyed that type of material especially just because of we could relate to it that's right yeah 
And I think that there's, there's, I, I certainly know that I, I got to find a way to, um, partly financially and partly just for fans to connect with teacher groups um, and do shows for them or, or like I was able to, one of my, the first video that came out, I, I privately messaged on Facebook board teacher, which is a, I think they have hundreds and hundreds of thousands mm-hmm. of followers on, on Facebook. And I just shot in the dark. I was like, Hey, maybe share this. It might be fun for people. And they did, and they did really well on their site. You know, did well on their page and stuff. Um, but I got to find a way to do shows for teachers because they, they definitely enjoy what I do. A lot of times, teachers will start laughing um, at the setups. Yeah, before right. the punch. Right, like, right. Because uh, they're starting to connect already, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Um, but uh, the other thing I was going to say is that you know, everybody's had, um, everybody's had a teacher and everybody's been a student. So that I have, that's a little bit of luck that I have there as well in that I can connect, I, you know, some of the material connects, even if you're not a teacher, like you're like, Oh yeah, my teacher did that. Or yeah, when I was a student, I was like that, that kind of thing. So, yeah, I think you're right. Everybody at some point can relate to it or they're, you know, they've got kids that are in school or something like that to where, um, you know, they, they can definitely relate to some of that for sure. Yep. And I don't, I, I love this about you and I, and maybe this is just the videos I've seen and I don't want you to take offense to this in any way, shape or form, but I love the way you dress as well because you dress very, I, I, I don't know the right word for it. <laughs> you dress very professional, honestly. You know, you, the video I've seen, you're in khakis. You're, you look like a teacher. You look very right. safe. You do not look like, right. you know, Chris Rock or Adam Sandler or Daniel Tosh or whoever else the, the big stadium comedians you want to talk about that are coming out. And I think that's what shocked me when I hit, when I hit your video the first time. I was like, okay, you know, and then when you hit the punchline with I married my high school sweetheart, she didn't. I was I was in right. tears laughing so hard because I'm like, uh, right. I didn't see this guy coming at himself that way. I didn't see this guy. And so you have this very, you know, Mr. Rogers, I guess, feel kind of like a teacher, like, oh, it's safe. This is going to be good. And when you hit with some of your material, it's totally out of left field. It's not what people expect. And I think that's a big part of how funny you are as well. Yeah, that's nice. I think that I'm fine with all of that. That's, I would never take offense to any of that. Um, Ryan Stout is a very good example. He wears almost a tie. I mean, it's a, it's a black suit, black tie, white shirt on stage, and does some very dark, edgy material. <laughs> I wouldn't say mine. I wouldn't say my material is dark, but it's there's some irreverence and, and edginess to it. The divorce, the divorce chunk is the one that's at, you know, 3.8 million or whatever. And I think it's because it resonates with a lot of people. I know that's part of it. I get a lot of messages from divorced people uh, saying, oh, my gosh, that was totally, I mean, that really hit home and I really loved it. And that's how I feel about dating after divorce or divorce in general. And, um, you know, my ex-wife and I, we are really good friends. We meet every once a month and have about and have coffee. And catch up we were uh 
you know, best buds since we were 17 years old. So that didn't, that doesn't change just because we um, don't, didn't think we were supposed to be married any longer. And so to be able to, you know, maybe it's partly because of our attitude towards it. And, you know, it, I don't know, chicken or egg, right? Like I, our attitude towards it feeds into the idea that we can joke about it and aren't upset by it. But then also I think that because we're, funny both of us and have senses of humor that joking about it helps make it easier too so it's it's uh right it's whatever you call it cyclical or whatever you call that where it feeds the 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 two things feed each other and i hear so much yeah in comedy you hear a lot of like negativity in stand-up comedy you hear a ton of negativity about exes and um she loves all of the, those things that I say because they're all uh, at their core. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't think they're mean to her. It doesn't. There's no meanness. It's, no, it's uh, it's like a it's like a kind way of you know getting back, and, I, and that's what I think. It is not this cutting. You know, it's even like your joke about you know your mother-in-law and still using her her discount card at the grocery store. <laughs> right. Like, that's right. something that any of us can connect with because, you know, I'm probably not as evil that I'm going to, like, do something awful if I ever was in a divorce. Right. But I could see myself if somebody said, hey, uh, you know, so-and-so, my mother-in-law's name, and do you want to use your 40 cents off gas? I, I can see myself <laughs> going, yeah, 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 I do. Yeah, yeah that's-, that's like a great way. Um, yeah, I think that – and then there's a number of people – and I'm always playing with that because there's a number of people that have been like, and that don't know me and have heard these videos are like, well, she's missing out and I can't believe she would leave you. And it's all this stuff. And I'm like, I don't say she left me. I mean, you know, I guess, you know, I presented a little bit as though she didn't marry hers. That that's probably where they get that impression. But it's like, no, we just, we just weren't supposed to be together. And I just happened to be the one that does comedy. <laughs> she, <laughs> If she was only to comedy, then she'd be doing bits like this. And, um, you know, but people like to not like, I mean, even when I post those kid things about kids online, people miss the whole, I think they miss sometimes that I'm a comedian. Uh, they miss that I take a little bit of liberty to adjust the wording to make it joke friendly or, or social media friendly. Like, you know, I, I can't always do the exact wording because I need to cut down, I need to cut down words to get it out there in the quickest, most efficient way mm-hmm. possible. And so they'll do a lot of things like those dumb kids. And I'm like, all right, well, that's not the point of this isn't, ah, that's not the point. The point isn't how dumb this kid is. The point is it's funny. Yeah. The kid didn't know how to hang, a kid didn't know how to hang up a landline phone. One of, <laughs> that was one of the things. And that was one of my posts. And she had stared at it and she's like, I don't know, I don't know what to push. And I was like, no, you just hang it up on the receiver and she's like the what and i was like oh my gosh and that's not about this kid being dumb it's no just, that's about just, never just, seeing it yeah just like her <laughs> grandma doesn't know how to hang up an iphone it doesn't <laughs> right. make grandma dumb it's just the same but people like to be like oh kids these days and i'm like kids these days uh it's, it's the same stuff different it's the same issues but with different uh, technology yeah. <laughs> yeah and thank you, you for saying that i have this argument all the time with people because you know we i've got a lot of people around me that kind of have that you know the world's going in the toilet and kids are awful and yeah and uh, millennial 
And I always say, I always say, here's the deal. In 1950, Elvis Presley was the devil. And then in the right. 60s and 70s, it was Jimi Hendrix and Kiss. And then in the 80s, it was all the hair bands. And in the 90s, it was NWA and, and you know, whoever else. Right. Whatever kids listen to, their parents don't, and they think that's the devil's music. So no matter what, right. it's been around. It's just you're exactly right. Technology has changed and some things have changed, but it's it, kids are the same. I mean, they are 100% the yep. same as what they were 30, 40 years ago. Right. And, you know, to that point, to, to your example of music, the that gangster rap was quite quite a bit harder than the current rap. Oh, um, yeah. And, uh, and a lot of the criticism now of rap is too, uh, too poppy and too... You know, and so it's just, it's just a, you know, we, you, every generation does this. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, every, I'm 38, every single season of every athletic team I was on, I received a trophy. Every single one. <laughs> yep. Every, forever. <laughs> you, you walk in, you walk into a pizza party at the end of the year for your team. And don't give them. A, you see how that goes over for you. You see how the parents accept that idea of like, nope, you guys lost. You don't get shit. Let's see how that works. I love to watch you do that. Go for it. This is so, great because we had my we had my father on yesterday for a Father's Day bonus episode we're going to release, and he was talking about a soccer team I played on that was just awful. We lost every game during the regular season. They played. At, yeah. We played every Saturday morning at eight a.m. My dad worked third shift. He hated going. He said, we get to the playoffs. He said, I think we're done. He said, you win the first week of the playoffs. (laughs) The second week, you win again. He said, I walked in the third week. He said, I looked at every dad in the stands. I said, if they lose today, I'm buying them all pizza because I don't want to come back again next week. (laughs) And it's it's so true. And how'd you you turn out? You're fine. You're doing great. You got a a great job. You have a fun podcast. Like, it's just... I mean, there are there are legitimate criticisms to be made of young folks, and uh, and uh, there might be a certain amount of entitlement more than there used to be. There Agreed. might be a, a certain bit more or less respect, um, but there's also a lot more probably creativity, uh, and I think creativity is so important. So it's like, you know, yes, they don't sit silent with their hands on the table and uh in fear of you um but i don't know that that was so great either right Uh, right so yeah find you know you find some great teachers and you walk into their classroom and those kids are attentive and listening and on board and also having the freedom to to think for themselves creatively and and critically and so yeah what's the solution to get every classroom like that i don't know (laughs) Well, but, I, uh, I've got a good friend, and, but, yeah, and that's, that's your job. Good luck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I got a good friend, and his his son one time he was kind of griping. He's a little bit older than me, and he was kind of griping about kids and millennials and all this. And and his son sure. had the greatest response. He looked right at him and said, "You guys raised us. You're the reason exactly. why we're like this." And he and yeah, he's, he's told me in private. He's like. What do you say? I said, you can't say anything. Yeah. He's right. You, I said, I'm 33. Yeah. I said, you're 40, oh, no. you're 45. I said, it's your generation that yeah. has created all of us. So yeah. I said, you got to own up to it. Yeah. If you have an issue with what's going on. And then also you can, 
you can choose to be cool with a lot of I don't know. It's, it's interesting. It's it's uh, and there's all there's also a lot of othering. You know, there's the other. It's everybody else's kids or what you know. <laughs> yeah. That's, oh, uh, yeah. Buddy, oh yeah. My kid would never do that. Went, oh oh yeah. yeah, he went as a millennial as for his, that was his costume for Halloween, which. <laughs> By the way, was a stolen, a, you know, that's fine. Steal costume ideas. Don't have original ideas. People don't, but that's okay. But he got all this praise for how funny it was. And it was he was wearing bubble wrap and he had a trophy and he was, you know, whatever. All the things that these little wimpy kids can do. First of all, millennial stretches into his 30s. Yeah, yeah. I, his, I'm a millennial. I didn't realize I, it. Yeah. Yeah. So he is one, first of all. So that's the first thing that's funny to me. Second thing that's funny to me is that on his wife's Instagram, Every every few weeks, I see some praise of their son, who seems like an awesome kid, who seems great, getting third place in something or <laughs> or getting whatever. And I'm going, well, I don't think you can have both. That kid's a loser if you want to go with your theory that – not my theory, your theory. My theory is that kid's awesome and absolutely should be praised for getting third place in anything. Third place is good for him, especially if he – worked his butt off and tried really hard and uh, reached his potential, by all means. But you don't get to have both. So you don't get to be a millennial for Halloween complaining about everybody's so soft and so wimpy these days and then also give your kid praise for third place. So I don't know which, which one, you know, whatever. But it's everybody else. My kid's fine. My kid's not Right, right. No, no. I, I've got a four-year-old, and he has cried most of the afternoon because – we took his Nintendo Switch away, but he is the, one of the toughest human beings I've ever met. Because there you go, and, and good for you for taking his Nintendo Switch away. I don't know if he deserved it, but even if he did, take it. He's told he us he's told us a thousand times a day, "You have hurt my feelings." Like, oh. you, you are the definition, man, right there. We we're at four, and we've already hurt your feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-oh, you're ruining him. And, know, he, and right? you know what? Uh-huh. He'll still turn out to be okay. Right. Or he won't turn <laughs> out to that. be okay, and it won't matter that this all happened now. <laughs> right, right. Uh, that's wild. Well, anyway, yeah. So, um, it, yeah. So, I don't even know how exactly got down that road. But, um, you know, translate that into, I mean, the worst behaved people I've ever seen are at comedy shows. Adults. Way yeah. more way That's more probably true. Behaved to my class and they use the same goddamn excuses uh, we weren't even talking we were just <laughs> laughing um, i'm just texting my mom yeah uh, i know right <laughs> well your mom's texting me too but you don't see me replying so uh. i say the same thing as as an administrator when i walk into teachers meetings i the same teachers who have been oh, in yeah. my office complaining about kids and i start talking oh, and yeah. every teacher is underneath the desk texting someone and i'm like really or still talking as you're start as you're yeah. talking and, and, oh yeah and i let it i mean i think it's funny but i i'm like guys you, all of you have been in telling me how we need to outlaw cell phones in the building um oh yeah but if i say right now here. that you you can't bring them to a staff meeting again it would be pandemonium yeah <laughs> and that's crazy. but that's hey, really funny yeah Corey, before we uh before we I know you've you've got some other obligations tonight and I don't wanna don't wanna keep you too long, but I do wanna talk a little bit about 
you know, where are you touring? What are some things, you know, because obviously we're all the way out here in the Midwest and in Southern Indiana. Um, and I know there's going to be some people that are, are going to be excited. Are you ever around our area? Where do you tour? What, what's the plan going forward? Yeah. How close are it? Well, I know that area is so interesting because your state might not have, you might be in a, like your closest club might be a different state. Um, right. yeah. but, uh, how close are you to Indianapolis, Indianapolis? About an hour. Okay. Well, Indianapolis has Morty's comedy joint and I've performed there before and, and uh, they, they like me and all that stuff, but it's a little difficult. I'm in that weird space where a club of their size and caliber is going to have a hard time booking me to headline because I don't have any real strong TV credits or credits that will allow me to draw people in. Um, they know I can do the time. They know I do fine, all that kind of stuff, but they need to get butts and seats, you know? Right. And then I'm willing to go out and be the opener, but I'm booked out uh, almost until, you know, I have like five weekends open the rest of the year. So, so anyway, the short answer is I don't have anything on the books from Morty's. I think they're taking the summer off to move locations anyhow. I'd love to get back to there. Um, coming up, I have uh, Boise. I have Tucson. I have um, uh, shows. Uh, we're going to maybe one do one night in Portland, uh, Spokane. I'll be in Appleton, Wisconsin this weekend. Looney Bin in Wichita and Oklahoma City. Uh, I just booked Karachi, Pakistan for August. You're kidding. Oh, my. Uh, yeah, yeah I, booked, I booked Dubai for next summer. That's awesome. Um, most, mostly off these videos, which has been kind of cool. Uh, Vegas in, 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 towards the end of the year. Nothing. Uh, Phoenix. I'll be in Phoenix a bunch over the next seven months. Um and or phoenix glendale area so not a lot of midwest stuff right now i'm saying are you um, ever like in uh i was, I was chicago just, i'll be hopefully be to chicago yeah i was gonna say i didn't know if you'd be like chicago louisville um cincinnati i mean those are drivable right. i guess but for some of us yeah so what i did one time before was Headlined the Comedy Caravan in Louisville, opened at Morty's, and opened at Wiley's in Dayton. Because at the time, the same group of people owned all three clubs. And now those clubs have been, they've, they've turned over to other folks. And so now it's just the way it works. I mean, I went and I did really well. And I, you know, in my mind, I was like, this is great. In a year and a half, I'll come back and I'll probably headline all three. And then one, you know, closes for the summer, and right. one changes hands, and the other one uh, is considering closing, but then is open still. But then that's still, you know, so it's just, and then it becomes more difficult to go open because, you know, unless it's in the summer, I'm losing a lot of money by being the opener on the road, especially if I'm taking, you know, multiple weeks in a row off. So what I like to do in the school year is work local and then go on the road for Thursday, Friday, Saturday sometime. And so then I only miss, you know, one or two days of subbing. And anyway, I'll, uh, every year that goes by, I'll do less and less of that, less and less subbing and more and more road work. But, right. um, 
Uh, but anyway, so yeah, I should be the comedy bar in Chicago. They work me, and the next time I'm going to be there, they they are going to headline me, and and I'm hopeful that that'll be uh, early 2019. And um, the big thing right now for anybody listening is that. Uh, uh, tonight at midnight, uh, I think midnight Eastern, I guess. I don't really know. My album <laughs> will go, uh, it's on pre-order, but it'll go live for full order. And uh, that, I mean, I'd like to make a couple bucks off selling them, but ultimately the deal is the the better that that does in the, in the next week. And then, uh, you know, it's a marathon, so continue streaming and building an audience through streaming. But the next week is really big for me because if I can get it to debut um, at the, towards the top of, uh, you know, the comedy charts, that looks really good to me, to clubs, to, um, and then also to the folks that might be considering streaming it or not streaming it. So they're right. going to go, oh, okay. I guess maybe we should put this on our channel. You know, it was a pretty good album. I guess we should get tracks from this album on our um, on our station. So, anyway, that's the big one: the collage dropout. Yes, and let's that. talk a little bit about that because I have already pre-ordered, um, and I I've listened to the two tracks that you can get ahead of time, mm-hmm. um, which is yeah, yeah. "High School Sweetheart" and "Misspellings." Um, and turns out. The- it, kind of the same two bits from the dry bar specials. Yeah. Right, yes. But if you haven't, and, and some of our listeners, if you've not gone out and either pre-ordered this or, you know, have the opportunity when this comes out to go buy this, please go do it. I, I can't tell you how, A, funny Corey is, but also B, and, and you kind of talked about this earlier when you, you know, through social media, you know, I have a lot of respect for guys who, and, and people, I should say, um, for people sure. who who respond back. And like I said, I shot you a message just through Facebook. We, we, My wife and I were still sitting in the living room in tears, and I shot you a Facebook <laughs> message and thought, hey, you know what? He may never Shot's message there. me back, but I really like this guy. I want to see if he'd come on. And you immediately, within a few hours, yeah. messaged me back and was like, <laughs> Yeah, I'll do it. I don't even have to look at your website. Doesn't matter. I'm in. Let's let's run with this. And so, guys, if you support us, and we've got you know several people out there who listen all the time, go and download uh, the collage dropout. Um, yeah. By Corey Michaelis um, on iTunes. Okay. Like I said, I've already got it pre-ordered. But before you go, I want I want you to kind of explain to our listeners why it is the collage dropout um which honestly is one of my favorite kanye west albums so i love that you you combine the whole kanye i love the (laughs) i love the album artwork of you and the the mascot head um or someone in the mascot head i guess i can't really tell yeah so yeah it's me so (laughs) um yeah so i uh i do a bit where i talk about kids misspelling college and spelling a collage because they rely on autocorrect. So that's where the bit, that's the premise of the bit. And then that you can listen to that if you get the album um, or, or watch the the Facebook clip and I'll give you guys links. I don't know if you can put them in here somewhere. Absolutely. I'll put them all Uh, in my show notes uh, and everything. Yeah. So um, I, you know, 
recorded the thing and didn't exactly know what I was going to call it. And I had a list of all these ideas and you know, teacher related and should I connect it to it for, for a long time. Uh, I, I just thought I get, you know, I ended up calling my special, the one where the videos are coming from was bad teacher, just like the te- that movie or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was just quick and offhanded. And I thought it would do well with that audience, that audience for those, specials are i mean we didn't really get into this but it's called dry bar comedy and and uh vidangel.com is their website and the idea is to allow filtering on the videos you watch so that you can filter out things you don't want to hear or see and so there's a lot of mormon audience the show is in front of in provo utah in front of all mormon folks for the most part and so we have to be squeaky clean which is a real difficult thing for me to do so that those clips are coming from the album, however, is not squeaky clean. <laughs> no, and uh, and so I do. I, you know, it's, it's some of the same bits, and I actually went a little further than I would have liked to have gone in the album. Uh, in hindsight, I didn't have to, but I was having fun. I was having a good time, and you know, some some f bombs flew and that kind of thing, and whatever. That's the way it goes. But uh, anyway, so I record the album, not knowing exactly what I'm going to do with it, thinking I'm just going to release it by myself and get it as on as much whatever, get it on iTunes and sell a few and then sell a bunch of shows. That's what I figured I was going to do. And then I had the idea to go with the collage thing. And I liked the idea of trying to copy Kanye's The College Dropout from 2004, one of his first, uh, well, his first major album where The Wire was on it. Yeah, that was the big one. Mouth was Wired Shut mm-hmm. and, and Jesus Walks and stuff like that was on it. So he... So I thought, well, that's a good idea. I was maybe going to call it the Collage Graduate because I felt like <laughs> I went to college. I mean, I'm a teacher. Obviously, I went to college. But somebody gave me, when I threw it out there to some fans and friends, they kind of went like, I don't, they didn't really have a, a lean one way or the other. But one person said, I think when you put Graduate, it's getting too dad jokey. It's getting too, like, wah, 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 yeah. corny. <laughs> And just make college do the exact same, but make college spelled wrong. Don't care. Don't who cares that you're not a drop? It's fine. Nobody's going. Wait a second. He went to school. Yeah, I'm not They're checking your transcript. You're making, <laughs> you're making a parody on Kanye's title, and then parody parody his album cover. And so that was a little bit of a that took some work too because I was like, all right. Um, I don't know what I'm responsible for in terms of like being legal <laughs> here. <laughs> um, I know, for example, the cover of all Weird Al Yankovic albums are the exact replica of, you know, I had, I, I loved him growing up. I had, I'm fat, I'm fat. I had that album and it's just him dressed exactly as Michael Jackson was dressed. The right. same exact design, that, everything's the same. Or as far as the naked eye could tell, you know. So I had one person, the filigree that goes around the the image of me on a bleacher in the costume. Someone just, you know, took his album cover, deleted the background, and sent me that. And I was like, I could totally probably just use this, and nobody would ever care or be the wiser. But no, I paid someone to redraw it. So mine is different. And it's drawn by a person. Mm-hmm. I went and took the photo, and 
the bleachers. I got to the gym, and the bleachers weren't all uh, wooden bleachers. They're wooden, but they're painted blue and white. And I was, like, annoyed for a minute. And then I thought, no, nah, it's kind of fun. Now it's my own little whatever. It's, it's a little bit different. And uh, then what I did was I just did the rest on my own. I just, you know, pretty easy in Photoshop to find the right coloring, found the colors. It sound, you look at it and you go, well, what did you do? You didn't do anything. I said, well, you know, you gotta you gotta layer the three pieces, and you gotta you gotta erase stuff because you can't just put an image over the top of an image and then put a filigree over the top without you gotta erase stuff. Erased a bunch of stuff and made it all fit and neat and cute, and then I worked and worked and worked to find the proper like what because he on his album doesn't have any text. His is on the back, or actually right. it's on the binding where it says the college drop and he does it in that college. It's called like college font or whatever. And uh, so I looked and looked to find fonts online and found what I, I liked. And then I first I was, his album is actually white background. Uh, like when you buy it, you usually get the white background with the filigree and, and the picture. But in images online, there's that, that maroon too. Right. And a buddy, a buddy of mine was like, I think you got to go with the maroon and then the yellow as your text. And so I was like, all right, okay. And then I played with that. So it was just a lot of, and this is all still, well, I just think I'm releasing this on my own. And uh, another com- comedy buddy goes, hey, 800-pound uh, gorilla records are the best. Uh, I hear people raving about them. Chad Daniels, who is an amazing stand-up comedian, you should check out, he's the best, had his album just go nuts last year through them because they know what they're doing and they get it to all the right channels and they he's just he's making a bunch of money off it, getting tons of bookings from it. One, because he's very talented and it's a very good album, but also because they know what they're doing. I was like, well, yeah, they're not going to say yes to me. And he's like, you got to ask. <laughs> they did George Lopez's last year, they did Jim Jeffries last year. They did Kathleen Madigan, Chad Daniels, whatever. So I shot a message, and they'd go, hey, good album. I was done. I had already finished it. I mastered it. It had already been perfectly, like, you know, tracks were already created. Like, so for them, it was, you know, even if they didn't think it was brilliant, it was kind of a no-brainer if it was okay. Because they're like, well, you've already done all the work. Yeah. Now we can do what we do best with a good album cover, a good title, the right amount of tracks, good audio, and funny enough stuff. It's funny enough. And uh, they didn't say that. That's just me being self-separate, you know, me being humble or whatever. <laughs> but but I do know, that I, you know, I know it's not as strong as some, you know, probably some of the other albums. And then I, I've listened to some of the other stuff, and I'm like, okay, well, yeah, it's as strong as that. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, whatever. And it's a track world. It's a streaming track world. It's all about tracks. It's not about the full album. So... They're going to get out there on the stream. It's going to go out streaming, and it's going to be track by track. And you know, some of the tracks maybe will do amazing, and some just won't get listened to. And that's, but that's where you get you get spins, and you get followers, and you get money, and you get all that stuff. So, right. Uh, uh, pretty excited. Uh, I, you know, I a lot of it's it's been anxious because like uh, I agreed to do this with them a while back, and then it took some time, and then there was the pre-release, and then it's been eleven days since the pre pre-order and we sold what they say is a lot um on pre-order but it's not that many like it's a number that i was like oh, that's kind of long like, no 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 people don't buy pre-orders usually wait till tuesday and that'll 
you know, mm. that'll really go, it'll go nuts on Tuesday. And so I'm hopeful that that's going to happen. Um, I have all this, like, you know, all these things I want to do <laughs> to like advertise it, you know? Right. And, uh, I get, it's just, it gets a little bit overwhelming. There's some anxiety there because you put something out and then it doesn't get enough likes on a social media. Oh, and right. go, ah, I'm maybe sure. I, maybe I didn't do it at the right time. And now I just wasted that whole, Oh, that whole clever idea that I had. And, Oh uh, shit, I can't redo it. You know, whatever. Like right. I have a, I just posted something on Instagram before I got on the phone with you and I'm not too worried about it, but at the same time I'm going like, I wonder if that's doing well. Did people think that was good? Uh, I was trying to be funny. I'm trying to advertise this show I have tomorrow night. To, I'm doing the release party and show tomorrow night. Um, but anyway, you know, you just kind of, kind of think one of the things that, one of the things that I've learned about all that social media stuff is that, cause, cause I have two competing things. I want to get the information out there in a funny and interesting or clever way and have it be received well and not over, no, not oversaturate, like not piss people off and annoy them <laughs> with how much they're seeing and hearing from me, you know? And I think I got to just kind of give up the second one a little bit and then also be a little bit more spontaneous with the first one. And then I'll find that. That's where the groove happens, I think, when, with social media is when you just kind of go, you know what? I'm just gonna, as things come in, that I think, like, if I, I, an idea, just do it. Just do it at that moment. Don't plan it out, you know, and every little detail of it. And then uh, don't worry if people get annoyed. If it, they'll unfollow you, or they'll, uh, you know, whatever, or they'll, they won't click, and then the algorithm will take care of it. They won't see your stuff anymore because they didn't click or whatever. So. But you know the funny thing anyway. I, I think it's so true what you just said because we're kind of in the same boat with the podcast when we when we push things out on social media. I know sometimes I get annoyed by seeing the same thing again and again and again. Right. But sure. people are like, "Hey, why haven't you posted in a while?" You know, so it's that yeah. it's that catch 22 of, you know, maybe I'm annoying some, but how many am I missing if I'm not, you know, throwing something yeah. else yeah. out there and and keeping people engaged. So I agree with you. I think you got to put the number two away and not worry about those that you annoy and just, yeah. you know, keep trying to feed it to the people who are interested. That's right. And you'll, and you'll, and then that's where you get your true fans and stuff. And if you're trying to like not annoy anybody, then it's, you're going to be, you're going to be a pretty bad comedian, but also probably not be very good at social media either. So, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so I, and uh, you know, because I'm critical thinker and because I'm, you know, I, I think through I'm being a little hard on myself, but it's also like that. It's good to, it's good to have a little bit of self-awareness, but don't let it get in the way of, of getting the word out to the people that really want to know it. And, uh, and then also don't get caught up in the amount of attention or not lack of attention. Something receives, uh, just, uh, go, okay, well, the 14 people that liked that, Maybe maybe two of them bought an album, and then this other light, this other post, 180 people could have liked it, and none of them could have bought an album. So, uh, who knows? Doesn't translate necessarily to fandom or or a purchase. But uh, yeah, it's a wild world. Uh, and I and it's, it would be so weird to be actually famous. I don't know what that would be like because <laughs> I there's very mild amount of of attention I've received in the last two weeks relative to actual you know, well-known comics has been a little bit, it's a little overwhelming, but that's why you get people to help you. I got a good social media gal that's helping me right now. 
I guess that's what you do. You got to turn over more control because it's overwhelming. <laughs> well, again, again, I want to tell you, you know, how much I appreciate, and and maybe it was the perfect storm, but I appreciate you. Uh, you being willing to take a call with us and and come on man and and i wish you all the best i hope we can stay in touch as far as our show and you um and if you are back in the midwest we we'd love to be there and uh catch up with you when you're there um this episode we will plan on it's going to come out next tuesday but i'm going to push all of your stuff on social media this week uh about you you. yeah yeah about you coming on and about the album being out to try and help that but man Uh, keep doing what you're doing i can't tell you enough about how much we appreciate it because you know it gives us a break and and a laugh and and again you know i appreciate you reaching back out to me and saying man let's run with this let's try this let's do this and i hope it i hope that we can help you in our small amount like i said we're not quite at a million <laughs> listeners yet uh not even close but i hope we got some people that will support you and and download the album and and help you out especially in this area obviously with you being um you know all the way out there and and maybe we can get some more uh listeners and you know or, or people for you in this area i guess so yeah that's uh that i love that that if uh, you know you get a handful you know it only takes a few for uh you know, me and my buddy are traveling to Boise because we know some people and have some friends and fans there, and we're just creating our own show for one night. We're going to do the same thing in Portland. So there's, that's a, that's another way that a lot of us comics who are decent can um, can do shows. We don't have to wait for the clubs. You know, we can just create our own thing and then, uh, you know, maybe create enough fans that uh, the clubs is like, oh, wow, we better have you. So anyway, uh, thank you guys so much. Appreciate it. I know my name will be on everything, but uh, C-O-R-Y, and then it's Michael, spelled like Michael normally is, I-S on the end, Michaelis, and the collage dropout, and uh, that's the, and next Tuesday is the last day, people, that it's one week long, one week, so if you put it out next Tuesday in the morning by chance, I don't it, know when you put them out. It comes out at 1 a.m. on Tuesdays, uh, so you'll be out right Get then. A- so okay, everybody, last day. this is the last day to buy his album. Do it now. Not the you, last day. <laughs> the last right. day for him, to, for him to make the iTunes charts or whatever. It's on Google Play and Amazon too. But for yeah. those people with those dumb Android phones, yeah, we don't even <laughs> talk to those people because those are the people that ask me, "How do I get a podcast?" Oh, <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, "Just go to our website. Listen, just stream it and listen to it because it's easier." There you go. But no, check Funny. out Corey Michaelis. Uh, again, the collage dropout. Um, you know, if anything, if you're just an old school fan of Kanye West and that first album, it's worth having the album artwork. But but go download <laughs> it. it. It is it is side splitting funny. Um, the stuff I've seen him do. And again, um, you know, you won't regret the opportunity to listen to him. And, and Corey, again, man, thank you so much for being on Married with Children. And and we appreciate it. And I wish you all the best. Yes. Thank you very much. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate you. Have a great night. You too.